Did I tell you this? This is not intended to be in the show, but if we if it gets interesting, then so be it. Uh, for the Apple event, and I believe when I released my latest Casey on Cars video, I popped open TweetDeck on the web. So not, I oh, believe wow. there is, I believe there is a a native version, but I just use the web app. And even TweetDeck on the web was not a particularly enjoyable experience. I've been using the official website and app more. And it's okay. Honestly, at this point, like I'm not even kidding. If the, if at this point they um, implemented timeline syncing, I'd probably just use the official apps. Yeah. Yeah, because now they've now you can choose your algorithm setting, right? So like you mm-hmm. can make it all chronological and none of that like what did somebody somebody like or whatever. Right, right, right. I mean, because the combination of the way that I really like the way it shows notifications. I notice is like the worst thing in the world. I'm so sorry. I love that I have a specific tab for verified. Yeah, because most of my friends are verified, and yeah, so, and like see. most of the people that like I wish and hope will fave my tweets are verified because they're celebrities, yeah. right? So, I, I, so like you know, it, basically, if they implemented timeline syncing at this point, I'd probably just just move over. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm glad you said it because I was not brave enough, but. I in order to get the dopamine hit that the activity tab on Tweetbot used to give you. So if you didn't use Tweetbot, it would show you like if if memory serves, it would show you all of your recent tweets that had any, you know, what the San Franciscans would call engagement, but what I would call activity. And and it would show you, you know, how many likes you had, how many retweets you had, nice little graphs, and it would show you basically how much you're loved or not. And in order to get that dopamine hit, I have turn to the official Twitter app to the like notifications or activity or whatever it is um, tab in that. And I got to tell you, I came to the exact same conclusion you did that I like having it for everyone, but that verified tab is real nice because that lets me see of the people that I know. Well, I shouldn't say it's the only, only the people or most of it's the people. Everybody. Yeah, exa- yeah everybody, that's, that's right? exactly what I'm trying yeah. to say. Thank you. It's not that everyone I know is verified or everyone I respect is verified, but an overwhelming amount of the peop- of people that I know and respect are verified. And so when I look through that verified tab, and it's usually a ghost town, if I'm honest, but if I look through it, at least it'll tell me like, okay, you know, uh, Marco liked this and Mike liked that and John liked this other thing and, and John Voorhees liked this thing and so on and so forth. And so that is a real nice way to figure out, you know, if, if you're if what you're saying is landing with anyone that, that, well, not any, again, I, I don't mean it to make it sound exclusive, but you get the point I'm driving at. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will say since we've, since we've now engaged with uh, Twitter on this and this was not part of the plan, I have not been paying near as much attention to Twitter as I used to. And now I wish I could tell you that was a deliberate act, but it really isn't. And I think I've spoken about this several times in the past, but I have a list that is private that's my can't miss list. And so you're on there and, you know, the host of ATP, <laughs> the host of ATP are on there and a bunch of other people. It's I would say it's less than 50 users that are on this list. And I keep up religiously with that list. But that list gets probably a tenth as many tweets as my timeline gets in a day. So it's not that particularly egregious to keep up with that list. Even if I don't look at Twitter all day long, at the end of the day, I can look at that list and there'll be like 100 tweets. Whereas my timeline, if I don't keep up all day long, I have like hundreds of tweets that I need to catch up on. And I've found that I almost never look at my timeline anymore. And I only ever look at this list and my mentions, of course. Like I keep up with my mentions and I keep up with my can't miss list, and that's like it. I almost never look so at my you timeline. You know, you know what the logic is, right? Like you know the logic of this situation. No, tell me more. Right, that you shouldn't follow everyone. Oh, oh, yes, yes, right? yes, absolutely, absolutely true. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not telling you to do it because, like, it's just not. You just can't live in society and do that stuff, but. <laughs> That's what it's telling oh, it's, you. Oh, you are absolutely correct. I cannot stress enough how correct you are. I a hundred percent, one hundred fifty percent agree with you. But for social pressures, for other reasons, I don't want to. And beyond that, I do like. You know, it's not that I don't like my timeline. It's just that I find it's way too much noise and not enough signal. If you know what I mean. And and you're right that unfollowing would help that. But. I do like being able to flip to my timeline every once in a while, like once every two or three days and kind of, I basically just declare bankruptcy and then start scrolling down. You know, I'd go backwards in time until I get mm-hmm. bored, which is like 20, 30, 40 tweets. So have you been seeing similar behavior and I, I might, 
we don't need to jump ahead to something that I know is in the show notes for later, but with specifically with regard to Twitter, do you see yourself also kind of quietly divorcing yourself from Twitter? No, I, I hoped it was going to be the case, right? Because like, I've tried a few things. And again, it's like going back to these conversations, I'm not making this big like, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. But yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Want it, I, I, have a, I, want, I want to scale back possibly, but I can't and haven't. I tried to like find different ways to make it work for me. Like I'm using RSS again. Right. Oh. Um, yeah, and I put the RSS app in place of the Twitter app on all my phones and moved Twitterific to like where other apps used to be, but that hasn't changed anything. And I'm using the RSS, and that's good. But then there are a bunch of websites that I really like and there's information I really want that don't have RSS feeds anymore. Looking at you, Bloomberg, <laughs> and like the Wall Street <laughs> Journal, right? So as another thing, I've been thinking like, okay, some of these websites that like, I use professionally, you know, like sites like Bloomberg, the Wall Street Journal, Wired, like they have these big articles that I quote a lot. I thought, I thought maybe it's time that I should start paying them because mm-hmm. all of these websites, you know, they have like you get your X amount of articles free sure, sure. and then you got to pay. So like I sign up for the Wall Street Journal, right? Because Wall Street Journal, like the, all the tech stuff there is really good and they do get big scoops and stuff like that. So I signed up and then that's that now. I'm now paying for the wall street journal and i was hoping that it was going to give me rss feeds and it doesn't really i mean they have a broad tech one but i also want their like business and media one but that doesn't exist they have a category on their website called like business media marketing but they don't have rss feeds for it so then i would have to like download the app which i don't want to do that's not the point of this so like, then uh, i thought i would do the same for bloomberg right because i really like bloomberg's tech coverage they get good scoops right so I figured I would start paying for them, but they don't offer RSS feeds either, like just at all. They're even worse than the Wall Street Journal. It's like, come on, like, why is this so hard? But this is a thing. So now I'm like, oh, maybe I don't even do that. Maybe like now I'm thinking like, should I use Apple News? I don't know. Like, I feel like I can't weed that out enough, right? Where I can just see what I want to see. At least that wasn't the case before. It might be the case now, but like, I don't want to see stuff about Trump. Like, I just don't. Yep. want to see it and every time i've ever opened apple news i always get it it doesn't seem to matter what i do maybe they've changed it in 12 honestly i haven't even played around i haven't even got it installed on my devices but i might because like i don't know i'm just trying to find different just different things like it, it, just and it's purely because like this is a thing that i've meant like i've we've been talking about for a long time like social media has changed a lot and like the general mood of people is very different yep right agreed and that makes these places less fun to be so it makes me enjoy them less so any excuse to try and maybe change that i'm i'm thinking i'll take but i'm not really not really doing it so honestly this is just a big thing for me to say i haven't changed anything no matter what my brain is telling me to do yeah and you know this me me backing away from twitter a bit that was not a deliberate choice. I want to tell you, oh yes, of course, Twitter is terrible and I've made this deliberate choice and I've taken action to divorce myself from Twitter. But no, not at all. It's just so happened that I've been very busy, that I've been paying attention a little bit less, but I will tell you, but I think what's kept me sticking with this decreased emphasis on Twitter is that I've been happier <laughs> because I'm not paying attention to all the Trump news and all of that stuff. And and so because of that, I think I'm more likely to stick with it. But I, I, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that I backed into this like it, any of the times except that one time that you basically forced me and I'm glad you did to stay off Twitter for a week. Other than that, every other time I've been I've been, you know, very high and mighty. Oh, I'm stepping back from Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool. And inevitably, I just come crawling back within minutes. And this time, again, I'm not 100% divorced from Twitter by any means, but I am, I am certainly changing my relationship with it, and and I think yeah, that's see, for the best. My thing is like I don't feel like I the, the people that I follow, like I want to follow them, I want to read what they're doing, I want to get the information. But like what I'm trying to do is, for some of the many uses I have of Twitter, can I move those to other places? Yeah. So like, yep. Yep. You know, I do feel like it's important for me to get news, right? I have to get, I have to take in news so I can think about it. And so I have things to talk about on my shows. So I was, that's why I thought, okay, so if I try RSS, 
I can unfollow all of the accounts that I get news from on Twitter and then maybe check it in different ways. But that just hasn't happened because some of the most important sources for me I can't get in RSS. So it's like I don't want to have five different independent apps for all of these different so like that's just dumb so that's why i'm i don't really i mean i don't know i we're gonna talk later on about just some changes in social media that i'm looking at anyway and the reason that i'm thinking of those is partly because of this stuff right if like can i get what i want at, in other places that doesn't come with all the baggage that twitter comes with now which yeah. is mostly like here's a bunch of stuff you don't want to see there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. And the reason you don't want to see it, it's not like that stay in your lane type thing, right? Where people are like, oh, you shouldn't be tweeting about it. It's just because I don't want to have to feel sad or anxious about things completely out of my control. And well put. when you give people an open box to just type stuff in, they're going to type how they're feeling and they might be sad and anxious. But that doesn't help them. It doesn't help you... Right, like, but this is how we are as humans. Like, you give us this blank space to say what we're feeling, and we'll say it or share it, no matter whether it helps anyone or not. And <laughs> because we're again just all dumb humans, we'll just keep reading it um, until yep. there's nothing left. So, hey, oh, uh, yoga. Hey. I I've missed just one day. I've been doing yoga now for like five weeks or something, four or five weeks. I missed one day. I'm annoyed at myself that I missed one day, but it was because I was out all day and had some alcohol and decided <laughs> when I got home that like probably wasn't a good thing to do. But I think that missing just one day out of all of these days has been pretty good. I'm I'm proud of myself. I'm doing well. I'm noticing some increases in flexibility. Good. Um, I haven't taken the pictures that you told me to take. Oh. Yeah, I was. I can still do it. My flexibility hasn't improved to the point where I feel like I would have seen a big difference anyway. But I will endeavor to do that because it is a good idea. Well, but I, I, you know, I'm learning my poses. I know what they are now. Like I think it's doing pretty well. That's awesome. And I'd like to point the listeners to. I believe it was on Cortex that it was you and Gray that spoke about this for not an ins- insignificant amount of time. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Because when Mike and I talked about it, I, I don't know what my problem was but i just don't think i had my brain around the idea properly and i was not doing a good job of engaging in the conversation with mike so my apologies to you mike and to the listeners but gray did a much better job of of uh kind of poking at you in the happy way and in kind of exploring this so uh i encourage you to listen well i mean cortex is actually a very very good show but beyond that uh, that particular segment um, is also very good so check that out what do you recall what episode number that was offhand it was the most recent episode. All right, we'll put a link to the, the show time notes. of a recording, which is number 74. There you go. So check that out in the show notes. Um, it is a very good conversation about the yoga. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm hopeful that you do get a chance to take pictures. If you recall, one of the small contributions, or maybe the only contribution I made last time was to say you should, you know, bend over and like try to touch your toes or something along those lines and take a picture of yourself today and then take a picture of yourself in six months if you stick with it and... Uh, and see if, you know, you can see a difference because in theory, you should very clearly be able to see a difference. You know, it's different. It's possibly different than, say, losing weight or gaining muscle where it's a little more subtle. I mean, it, it, the the picture could theoretically show like how far away are you from your toes? And maybe today you're six inches away and in six months you'll be touching your toes. And that's a pretty obvious change, you know. So uh, you didn't do your homework and that's OK because we're about to talk about how, how I didn't do mine. But I'm glad you're sticking with it. Uh, I have been doing better with my running for a long time. I, I was very consistent. And then when I quit my job, I became very inconsistent. And I actually blew off this morning, which is normally a running day. Um, but generally speaking, over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing much, much, much better with my consistency with my exercise. So it only took us how long have we been doing the show? Four years? It only took us four years, but we're finally starting to actually pretend like we're healthy, which is a good step. Can I provide some real-time follow-up from TJ in the chat room? It is possible with some RSC, RSS services. Um, they mentioned uh, Feedbin, but I use Inorita, I-N-O-R-E-A-D-E-R, to subscribe to Twitter accounts in them. Interesting. So you could like throw a Twitter account in, which is an interesting 
thing to do. I don't know if that would be ultimately a good thing because I feel like a lot of Twitter accounts just just would give you a lot of information you don't really want. But it's an interesting idea, at least. So something I might try. Yeah, that is a good idea. So, Mike, I uh, I also did not do my homework, and I think mine is more egregious. Um, we've been talking for the last couple episodes about time tracking. And, I knew you weren't going to do this. Uh, well, but but there there's a silver lining, but but we, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I did – shoot, I don't remember when it was, but it was I, – I think I had told you I wanted to do it for a week, which was supposed to be last week, and I didn't do it. However, I think it was either Friday or – yesterday one of those days it's all a blur now um i did sign up for a toggle account t-o-g-g-l and i want to say it was friday and i started casually tracking my time but yesterday and today i have been doing a better job of it now that means that i still have effectively not done my homework because we don't i don't have enough feedback about this to really talk about it but there are some things that I wanted to briefly bring up um, as a result of our conversations about this, both you and me and in the uh, relay slack, I still don't, I'm still not hundred percent bought in by any stretch of the imagination on what utility this really has. And before you respond, the reason I say that is because I already know that from a strictly fiscal perspective, looking only at the money earned based on the time I'm spending, I'm spending my time hilariously poorly because I've been spending an overabundance of my time uh, on Casey on Cars, which makes me almost no money. And and we'll have some follow up about that in a second. But uh, that is not a wise way to spend my time. And I don't feel like I need time tracking to tell me that. However, and I'm going to give you a chance to talk in just a second, I swear, um, I am starting to come around slowly to the idea of it seems that most of my peers want me to know whether or not I'm spending my time well from a financial perspective. But what you originally said to me, but I think I've lost sight of, is that it's still useful to know how I'm spending my time just in general. Like, I think I'm spending all of my time on Casey on Cars, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm spending only a third of my time. I'm making that up, you know, on on Casey on Cars. And even if I am spending all my time in Casey on Cars, then that's okay, maybe, because maybe it's just an investment in the future. And to round this out before I give you a chance to talk, I am happy to report that YouTube owes me. Are you ready, Mike? Are you sitting down? About 20 bucks. Woo! I am rich, Are you Mike. expecting more? <laughs> no, not really. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I knew it was going to be pennies. But uh, to be honest, I'm I'm actually, as much as I snark and joke, I feel okay with that. Like 20 bucks for $20 from, is, is fine. Yeah, like, that's, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's great. Yeah. Your few numbers are pretty good. Like the, uh, the, I was looking at this the other day, like the Golf R video hit 27,000 views. Like that tells me it got sucked up by the algorithm somewhere. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Especially based on the comments. It, it, you know, you, know, you can see that, right? Like in the YouTube statistics, it tells you where people came from. Oh. And it will tell you if it came from like suggested and stuff like that. It's just stuff you need to start digging into more. Yeah, I definitely like, do. It, it can tell you where they, where, where did your views come from? Oh, interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to dig into that, like you said. Yeah. Um, but to, to go back to time tracking, I feel like I have given you probably 34 different talking points and precisely zero opportunities to talk about them. So it, maybe you don't have anything to say, but if, if you would like no, to uh, beat me up, then then please feel free to do so. Yeah, you're focusing on the wrong, on the wrong thing. Tell me more. What I originally told you was what you need to do is do this time tracking so you understand where your time's going that was the that was my original recommendation to you Mm -hmm. so you because you were saying oh i'm doing all of this i'm spending all my time doing this i'm not doing enough of this like you actually don't know that because your brain is really really bad at estimating time like that's just the way it is like Mm -hmm. and as i mentioned before it's because like you feel like you're working on it because you're thinking about it but those two things are actually not the same so my original recommendation to you was to start tracking your time so you'd understand how you're spending your time and then later on work that out to a personal return on investment. But you focused far too much on the money part, which is not the point of this. The point of this is so you can understand good or bad where your time is going so then you can adjust your expectations accordingly. Because if because basically, look, if you work out that you're working 30 hours, 35 hours a week or whatever, and 30 of those are on KC on cars and five are on ATP, like that's information that you get 
and information you should act on mm-hmm. because that's that's not how it should be right like and even if you're trying to like grow a thing like for sure that's great but there's maybe other stuff that you could do for your other existing projects that do make you money that might be a little bit more beneficial like some nice to haves right that like things that would be great if they were done but nobody's done them well then maybe sure, you should sure, start sure. picking those things up if it turns out that you're actually spending 80% of your working time on something that's not actually making you any money like you can still do that but maybe you should pick up or maybe adjust slightly that that's mm-hmm. my recommendation to you for the time tracking so you can actually understand what you're doing because I reckon you'll learn some stuff, but to do that, you've got to get a good set of reliable data in there. Yeah, and I'm working on it. And I will say that, as I said last episode, I think it was, that um, what was the original one you recommended? I've already forgotten. The original time tracking software. Timing. Timing. There you go. I completely concur with that recommendation. I think it was the best recommendation given the information I gave you. However, Toggle is much closer to what I think I want. Uh, The web app is fine. The iOS app is pretty decent, if not good. And so I am already happy about happier with that than I ever was with timing. So uh, I apologize to you for not doing a good enough job of my homework. Hey man, this is for you, right? <laughs> like, this is this isn't for me. This is for you. That's like, true. You can choose to do this or not, and that's fine. But I'm telling you, you know, even so, like someone like Stephen, he hates time tracking, but he learned some valuable stuff when he did it, and then he stopped doing it. But he at least sure. learned something, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to get a good data set of what is an average couple of weeks or whatever for you. And then you can look at that. Like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like I have years now of data, right? I have all of last year, which is a full year. And I have this year, like that is incredible information to have at my fingertips. Like right now I'm looking in the dashboard and I can see that, for example, last year, I spent 25% of my working time recording shows and 50% of my time editing shows. That was like one of the biggest, hugest differences that I found. Well, one of the one of the biggest learnings that I had last year. And I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be editing that much. So I've made some changes, moved some stuff around. This year, it's been 37% recording, 20% editing. So I've made huge differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's coming from a bunch of different areas. It's like increasing some stuff that wasn't there before, doing some things that are new, and also reducing the amount of editing that I do and or finding ways to make my editing responsibilities more manageable. So this is the type of stuff that somebody can walk away with right? Like this is a thing that you could potentially do if you wanted to. You don't have to go this in depth with it, but I have found it to be a very, very useful thing to know and to be able to build from and to learn about myself. So that's why I do it. Uh, And, you know, it's up up to you if you want to do, if you want to go any further than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm reinvesting now, now that I've found toggle and it seems to be working better for me okay all right today's show is brought to you in part by our friends with my very good friend and i'll tell you why at hello hello make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows and i know you may be sitting there and saying to me mike what is a buckwheat pillow now you may have never tried one of these it's very different to regular fluffy pillows um buckwheat pillows they're kind of hard in a way. It feels like a beanbag, right? It's probably the closest thing that I can equate it to. It's kind of like a, a beanbag. But what makes these so different and nice is that they support your head and neck because the pillow doesn't collapse under your weight like a traditional pillow. It actually holds its shape a little bit more. Um, plus, hollow pillows stay cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows because buckwheat tends to breathe more easily, like it doesn't get all warm and humid. So there's no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow because every side of the hollow pillow is cool. Um, and also, um, you can add or remove the filling, which is very easy to do, so your pillow can be just the way that you like it. Um, people have been sleeping on these types of pillows for years, on buckwheat pillows. They're very popular in Japan. 
Um, and also in a lot of hotels around the world, I mean, you get, you may have seen this, like at super fancy places, you can get like a pillow menu. Um, and buckwheat <laughs> is always on there as like one of the premium options. I've been sleeping on my holo, on a hollow pillow since June, and I absolutely love it. Um, it has obviously maintained its shape, which is the first pillow in my entire life that hasn't ultimately just gone to the like the thickness of a pancake because it doesn't get soft and smushed down. Um, it makes an interesting sound when you move your head, which I absolutely <laughs> adore, right? I love it. It's like a sound, right? Because it's like these little little pieces of buckwheat that are just like the holes, these little shells, I guess. They're kind of like shells, and they just move around. I absolutely love it. Like, it's I, it's really good for me. You know, I've spoken about neck pains and stuff like that, and, and I genuinely think that this thing has actually helped me. Um, Holo is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US as well. So I hope that by now that you're pretty curious to try one of these out, and you actually can. You can try it, because Holo will allow you to sleep on one of their pillows for 60 nights. And if it isn't for you, you can just send it back for a full refund. See, so it's two months. So go to hollowpillow.com slash analog right now to get your own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com. So it's hollow is H-U-L-L-O. Hollowpillow.com slash analog. And if you buy more than one of them, they have a special discount for up to $20 off depending on which size you opt for. They have fast, free shipping of every order and 1% of all their profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. So give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. If you don't, you just send it back. That's hollowpillow.com slash analog right now. Thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Mike, I was a good boy. And I don't know if I'm oh, happy about that or not. <laughs> okay. I don't even know if this like constitutes that you were a good boy. This is you're a weird boy. You didn't yeah. <laughs> buy any Apple products at all. Yeah, so to very, very quickly recap, for the first two to three years of ATP, I don't remember how long it was, I was on the two year plan, like most Americans were. I would get a new phone every two years and that was that. And there was a lot of joking and laughing about how I swore up and down I would never buy an Apple Watch and then ended up waking up early and buying one, you know, the very first day you could and pre-ordering it. And uh, around that time is when I really just embraced the fact that I'm one of those annoying people that gets a new phone every year and started doing that for the last two to three years. I forget exactly how long it was. Um, but this year I have bought no treats. Uh, there, are no, there are no treats in my life, no new treats in my life. Well, excepting my car, of course, <laughs> but there are, uh, there are no new treats in my life. And I am proud of myself because i really want a new watch real bad and to be honest i will probably cave and get one sooner rather than later however sitting here today as we record this i have nothing on order and i have received no new treats since this time last year i mean it's great restraint because you've even gone and put one on your wrist yeah but it was very quickly and very briefly and i knew i was but just still going to- like when I put one on my wrist, if they had that gold in stock, the gold steel in, in stock in the store, I would have bought that thing like immediately. I fell in love with it. But you don't like fancy watches. Oh, well, let me rephrase. You like no, fancy do. watches. Like you don't fancy like fancy watches. watches. You know what I mean? Well, but I, <laughs> you know I, I liked mean. that. That watch is the most fancy, right? So I think that was why I liked it so much. Right. Um, but no, I did, I did really like it. I thought it was a very nice watch it was like the first time that i've ever seen an apple watch and thought like you're a very attractive watch right as opposed to just like let me pick the one that i like the most out of these mm-hmm. does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah but and then you know you've got the iphone which is i mean it's great like it's better than yeah than we yeah. thought it was going to be i yeah. think that's been the general consensus so far in fact i need to interrupt you here I was uh, doing something unusual this morning. Like I, I had a breakfast meeting with a friend of mine. Um, and so I was driving a little bit more than I usually do. And I was listening to Upgrade. I got a bone to pick with you too, because uh, you were making me really hate myself for not buying a new phone. Because <laughs> you talk, I just finished as I pulled into the driveway. I finished uh, hearing you talk about how great the camera is and how you don't want to have to think about the pictures you take. And, and everything you said made perfect sense. I'm kind of annoyed because I, kind of want the new camera kind of don't want to spend a thousand dollars to do it but it's uh you were selling me real well on this new phone that i really don't want to have to spend the money on it's like every big apple announcement or event has this like subplot there's like a b plot 
to the things that we talk about afterwards. Mm-hmm. And the B plot of this one is becoming the fact that Apple kind of did a not great job of explaining why the 10s is better than the 10. I could not agree like, more. It seems like for whatever reason, they attempted to communicate that the camera was better, but the people that have been doing, there are like, everybody afterwards been doing a better job of that. Like, Drunk Uber's review, um, there's been a bunch of YouTube stuff that I've seen, and I've attempted to try and explain it and show it in the, sh- in the shows that I've been doing, because the camera on this thing, it's a massive difference massive in a bunch of really key ways right like the colors are more interesting and again it's whether it's less real or not i don't know but like it's more pleasing um they've done something very strange with the front facing camera which i'm unsure about but like it seems to be doing some smoothing of faces which is like weird do you want that i don't know it's not real but i think it's what most people want because it makes your selfies look better (laughs) <laughs> right like there's something going on with the smart hdr or whatever where like faces and with the selfie camera seem a little bit smoother and i don't know if this is an intention or a bug but like it's a thing that they're doing and then all that crazy stuff that jason was talking about with the way that it does video is wild there's just a lot of stuff going on and i think that it is i think it's i think it's i'm excited by it like i think it's great i'm really pleased that i have this great device available for me now like i'm i'm really excited about it yeah and so i don't know if i'm gonna get a phone sitting here now i really and truly think i am not i think i'm gonna wait for next year because i want one but i don't think that now is the time for me to be buying a you know $1,500, $1,000, whatever it is, phone. And I don't, unlike you, as much as I poke fun at you, I, I wasn't, I have no particular interest in sizing up or, or sizing, well, really the only place to go for me is up. But you know what I mean? Like for you, I think it makes perfect sense, irrespective of everything else, because you wanted a big, a big phone, a big, you wanted and, a big boy. And, and I for, love it. Yeah, love which it. I, I have as much, again, as much as I give you a hard time about this, and we spoke about this privately, I am genuinely happy that, that you are as happy as you are with it because I will forever and always give you grief about it, but I am pleased that, that you are so, uh, and so in love with this thing. Um, but the, the watch, that to me is a big difference from what I have. I have a Series 3 cellular, and that is, and the, the new watch is very new and very different. And so I think there's going to come a time, probably in the next month or so, that I will purchase myself a watch but sitting here now i'm going to try very hard to last with regard to the phone and we'll see how good a job i do but it's interesting and you've said this to me more than once um is this me doing my job right and i don't know i i can make an argument that it isn't that because of atp and because of to some small degree analog i should be getting the latest and greatest always but in this particular case i don't feel like the differences are enough that I need to. Plus, my dad just bought a, a 10S. I have not seen it yet. He literally just bought it yesterday after he visited us. Um, but I'll get a little bit of time with his. Uh, Marco, of course, got himself treats. Uh, John is on a two-year plan, but this was his year. So they both will or do have phones. Um, we're going to talk about that as we record this show. Uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow night. But I, I think it's okay for me to skip this year if, on the phone. On the watch, maybe, maybe not. But... Um, but it, you can make a you can make a decent argument that um that uh, it's a dereliction of duty for me not buying them. I don't know. Why don't you tell Aaron that and we'll see how it lands. I mean, the fact that your co-hosts have them as well, like have the stuff, means sure. it's probably okay. But like you know, I've said this on our last episode. I really, I just really do believe that it's more interesting to hear you talk about the fact that you do have it than to hear you talk about why you don't. Yeah. Yeah, after I spent 20 minutes just talking about that. But yes, I'm with you. No, but like this is different because this is ATP. I think it's more because this is a show where it's more interesting to talk about that, like the the decisions as opposed Mm -hmm. to the features. Sure, totally. Because like you are going to be for the next year, right? Anything that comes up about these devices, you're not going to be in the know. And I don't know, like I think that there's an an issue there. Um, It's why like... If Adina didn't want a new watch, I probably still would have bought one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same reason that I always try and keep a relatively new Android phone at hand. It's just so I can be 
informed. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just like the way that I always feel about this. So it's it's yeah. interesting to me that you didn't buy anything. I hope that you at least buy a watch because it's clearly something you want and use anyway. And I think it would be interesting to hear you talk about it. But yeah, I don't know. I'll wait and see how ATP sounds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but I got to tell you, Mike, there's a, there's a totally different kind of treat I really want, but it's about the, actually, I was going to say it's a lot more money. It turns out it's the same money. Uh, I really want a drone. Why'd you want a drone for my for my car videos, man? Like, see the thing is, is the uh, only reason if you uh, just want one because you can well, just want one. Like I it's have one. both. It's both. I I do just want one, but I already. What one do you tell, want? What's the DJI one? The the like thousand dollar DJI one. There's there's like five of them. Mavic Pro, maybe. Why do you want right? the Mavic Pro? Because it seems like the I don't know. You tell you tell me what I should buy. Uh, it seems like it's the middle of the road where it's it's. The, enough good features like that that would be enough for what I want to do with it while not breaking the bank. Hmm. But you tell me, what should I get? Well, I think you'd probably be fine with like the Mavic Two or the Mavic Air, because the Pro really it's about like the quality of the camera, and basically you would end up in a situation where your drone's camera would be significantly better than any camera you're shooting on for the rest of your video. Oh yeah, good point. Good point. So, like, I mean, it kind of depends, like, how you want to go. Um, I recommend, I would recommend either the Mavic 2 or the Mavic Air for you. The Mavic Air is, t- is like, this minuscule tiny thing, which is wild, which you might get a lot of fun out of because it's so small. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, easier to fly or whatever. Um, so, there's, like, a couple of things. If you're going to get a drone, get a DJI because... The drone business is DJI now over the last couple of years. like I find DJI so fascinating as a company because I can't recall any company that has owned an industry like they own the drone industry. Now, is that true like, of only amateur level or is this true of like true professional level drones as well? They make professional level drones. Yeah, but do There's, they own that market like they do the consumer well, grade stuff? It depends. I mean, like you can get there. There are companies that make incredibly custom stuff. Sure. Right. But like my understanding is the the Inspire line of drones, which are their is their pro line, kind of owns that world as well. Like if you're buying a drone from a company, like a mass produced company, they also make something called the Matrice as well, which is even more insane. You buy from DJI. Otherwise you go to a drone maker and have something custom built. That's my understanding. But nevertheless, like they completely own this and people try and compete with them and eventually just fail, right? Like looking at you, <laughs> GoPro, you know, like they, the GoPro ended up canning their entire project because they had some problems. And by the time that they'd announced it, DJI had run laps around them twice again, but before they could ship the thing. So, you know, basically a drone for you would be useful as well as it is fun. For me, it's just like a little toy, like if I got one. And I have a drone, which is pretty good, that Adina bought me, and I've only ever taken it out a few times, so I don't really know where to take it. Um, And as much as I want a DJI, uh, I haven't bought one because I'm never going to use it. But you would actually use it. I think think a drone would add a lot to your videos when it comes to being interesting, but it Mm -hmm. would take some time for you to learn how to fly the thing. I mean... I would say if you're not going to buy an iPhone, spend the money or buy a drone instead. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to a drone, basically what I want is something that is good enough, easy enough to fly, and preferably can track a car without a whole lot of my own I don't know about point three, but point one and two is DJI. Yeah, I've got and it. one of the DJI ones claims that it'll track objects well, they, at up to like they all 30 do, miles an hour or something They like all that. do tracking of some description. They all okay. do tracking, but I don't know if they'll track like a car. I think they will. Like, I think they will. Um, but the other thing that you can do is like there can be two people in the car. Like people aren't going to see it. Like you could have somebody sure. driving and you could be flying it behind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... I think it would add a lot, especially to some of the shots that you attempt to do with your hands where you're like walking down the side of the car. Oh, totally. Like Mm -hmm. a drone could do that much nicer than you could. A hundred percent. Especially with a lot of the auto flying stuff that they have as well. And you'd get a lot of really interesting uh, 
shots with a drone. So I, I don't know. I think that it's worth looking into. I think you should do some research into the Mavic line because there's like it's like a whole line of products now um, with like the Mavic 2 and the Mavic Pro and the Mavic Air. Like I would recommend that you look into that uh, and then and then maybe work out where you want to go. Yeah. I don't know if you need the Pro. Yeah, I think I misspoke when I said that earlier. I think I was thinking of the the air. Uh, but either way, uh, I, I don't know. I really want one. But the thing of it is, is that I want one for fun, but I know I would never take it out, kind of like what you were describing, just for funsies. But I do think I could use it for my work, my work that is making me no money. So, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'll do. Uh, Doug Beal made a really great point in the chat, which I have looked into. And Doug said, can you rent drones like you rent lenses? Yes, you can. But they're extremely expensive to rent. It's like 200 or $300 to rent a drone for a week. So at that point, like... Yeah, two hundred to three hundred dollars is a lot less than eight hundred to a thousand. But I mean, at that point, I'd rather spend the eight hundred to a thousand and have yeah, something to show if for. If you it. like it and do it like three more times, you could buy one. Exactly. So it's a great question, but at that point, I'll I would just buy one, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. I I definitely want one. Uh, I'm. I have a friend that has some DJI. It might be the Air. What I really need to do is just meet up with him and, and give it a shot and see what it's capable of. Yeah, whatever of. you do, though, make sure that the one that you buy comes with a controller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to do the, the iPhone as the a phone. controller dance. Yeah, that yeah would be that, good. that's what I see that a lot, like get, get the controller. Yeah. I, I think that this would be a very good investment for you. Like, the thing about YouTube is, like, yeah, anyone can do it with any camera like i totally understand that but when you get to a certain point you have to kind of blow people away with production values if you want to grow like because the point is like that idea of like anyone with a camera can do it and get an audience you're at that stage like you're at the i have the audience stage Mm -hmm. because you have like five thousand subscribers and you're getting like twenty thousand views on your videos like you're at the point now where I think you need to go another step further because, but just typically people don't get there that quickly, right? Like you're in this kind of weird place. So like the idea of like, Oh, anyone can do it with any camera, like hundred percent agree with that. Uh, but you're at that point now where you you've done that part. Plus the type of video that you're doing requires production to be good. Yeah. Like you yeah, can't yeah. get away with it. It's not a vlog. You can get away with it with vlogging. You can get away with it with a fixed camera in a room giving your opinions. You can get away with it with game streaming. But you're supposed to be making something look good. That's that's the point of your videos. So, uh, yeah, you've got to <laughs> you've got to you've got to think about it if you want to keep sure. pushing it. Like this is the thing. This is the these are the types of investments that you'd need to make if you want to keep making this thing more of a thing. Totally, I hear you. Uh, other than drones, what else is awesome these days? Pingdom. Let me tell you all about Pingdom because they're amazing. They help keep your sites online and they keep the sites that you love online as well. So it can be good for you. But if you use like there's so many huge companies, including Relay FM, not a huge company, but companies that you know uh, that use Pingdom to monitor their website. So you don't have to have somebody constantly sitting there and clicking refresh. Pingdom will give you real-time feedback so you'll know if anything bad is going on at any time. Stuff breaks every single day on the internet. Pingdom, just of the websites that they are monitoring, detect 400,000 outages every single day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you will want alerts about any critical website issues. And Pingdom can give you those. They can give you those in any way that you want as well. You can customize how and who is alerted depending on the severity of an outage. And they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting user experience. And if you have an ongoing problem that you fixed, you'll be able to see the fi- that the fix is kind of stuck and worked because of this analyzing feature. So, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I think we've got this thing taken care of right now. Well, then you can use Pingdom's uh, tracking features to be like, oh, yeah, I can see that we're having this problem. So it's really good. So it's like a whole package here of website monitoring. If you have any site of any size, you should be trying out Pingdom. They have a no-fuss approach to get started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they'll take care of everything else. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. So, Mike, I've noticed something 
coming from you recently that makes me kind of jealous. You've been really good in the, in the Instagram world. You're getting all why, up in them, Grams. Why is it making you jealous? I don't understand. I mean, I mean that genuinely, by the way. It makes me jealous because I want to be a cooler kid on Instagram, and right. I don't think my life is interesting enough to be a cool kid on Instagram. And, and I, I am jealous that you are either creating or observing and, and taking note of ways in which your life is interesting and exploiting isn't the word I mean, cause that has a negative connotation, but like leveraging maybe is a better word I'm looking for leveraging them in order to make your Instagram, uh, at least your stories frequent and interesting. You know, you can be frequent and boring or you can be infrequent and interesting, which hopefully is what I am, but you've been both frequent and interesting and I'm, and I'm jealous. So tell me what's going on there. I decided I wanted to use Instagram more. Like, I am a voracious, like, consumer of Instagram. Have been, like, check it multiple times a day. Love it. Like, it's my happy social network. Spoke about this on the show before. Like, I I love the things that I see there. Um, I love the visuals that I get. I love that, like, it's a very different type of thing that I follow than what I follow on Twitter. Like, I love it. It's really great. And I've thought to myself like why don't i try participating more and for a couple of reasons one because i do like to share stuff with people right like it's what i do for a living how i like to share thoughts and feelings and things i'm seeing things i'm doing like it's just it's part of the world that we live in now and then the other is like oh going back to earlier on in the discussion um wouldn't it it might be an interesting way to make me think about where I'm using my social network time, maybe less Twitter and more, uh, more Instagram. So that's kind of a thing that I've been doing. Um, I like to share visual stuff. It for and also the creativity required for Instagram is higher than than Twitter, which is a nice challenge. Um, like it's it's much more difficult to show something visually than just some pithy quip on Twitter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so I like, I've been enjoying that. There are things that I'm struggling with or things that I find difficult. Uh, the, the feedback mechanism is super clunky for Instagram, uh, which is making me wonder if I should even be focusing on it. But I'm so used to like putting something out into the world and then getting responses to it. Like everything else that I do that I share with people, I get responses to it. And then I respond to the responses. Like it's a, a conversation, you know, that's kind sure. of how Twitter works and email and stuff like that. But Instagram almost kind of like tries to n not be that. Like it feels like, like by decision, you know, like you, people send me messages like to my stories and they show up like in my messages thing in like a secondary tab called other, which yeah, is from basically yeah. messages from people I don't know. And like to respond to them, I then have to allow them to give them the ability to send me messages all the time. Yeah. This bothers me too. But this is the thing is like, should it bother me? Like, should I just not be doing it? And what I'm trying to do is like, not really respond very much. Like I see all the stuff that people say to me, but I don't respond very much unless I feel like it's genuinely worth it for, for both parties for me to give some kind of response because that feels like what Instagram wants. So I'm wondering like, are people used to that? Do they just say things for the sake of it? Like just to throw it out there. Like I know I do that with some people that I follow. Like I might just, throw, and this is even to my friends. Like I just like might reply to just like throw something in the comment box and just leave it at that. So like, I'm wondering like, do I just turn that off? Cause you can turn that off. You can stop people from commenting on your stories or do I want that? Like I haven't worked that part out yet. Like how I want to deal with that part. Like the comment stuff on posts works great. And like, but this is another problem that I'm having. I'm not posting very much to my actual Instagram feed. It's just all to my stories. And this is because my life has kind of pushed me into the Instagram perfection realm over the last year. <laughs> because like this is this is one of the things that I love about Instagram and Instagram stories and why I think Instagram stories has taken off and crushed Snapchat is because 
you've got the now Instagram is all imagery, right? Because your Instagram feed, like your general feed, that's where you post like the most, or you can post the most perfect pictures, the most staged stuff. Like these are the things that I care about. And then stories is everything else, like the junk, the silly stuff, the hilarious things you've seen like it can you know and then you can kind of have this split of like here is my perfect life and here is my real life you know like i think that a lot of people see it that way and i've and i've definitely seen it that way in the past and now the problem is like wwdc was big and crazy and then i got married and i went on my honeymoon and then we had like our fourth anniversary and i've been posting these comp like these these like really nice and in some cases professionally taken photos so i'm struggling to break away from it because that's what i want to do like i want to post to my actual feed more but like i can't work out what and i I know i just need to like push through that um but that's that's just kind of like my own little hang up right now but i'm not kind of going gung-ho on it because i'm trying to get used to first thinking about and posting to my instagram stories more and i'm getting better at it i'm finding like general stuff like i cook a lot like i don't know if this is a thing that people know about me um like i i cook and i'm when i cook something that i really like i'm proud of it and i've been sharing stuff like that to my instagram stories as well like when i cook a nice looking meal because like you know get you a man who can do both right and uh, <laughs> you know i want to i want to show the world like i like to cook i could do this so you know I, I like to post stuff like that every now and then um so i'm trying and these are like i'm trying to use instagram for stuff like that like these are things you probably didn't know about me that i have no problem in sharing but just what's the point in taking a picture of my food and putting it on twitter like it does that 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 doesn't that's never really like called to me in that way but like instagram is perfect for stuff like that so i'm just and like you know there's been a couple of things going on recently where it's like okay like i make concerted efforts so there's a on my instagram stories you can do highlights right where you have like a thing and you can see one there it's called keynote day um where i decided over like a 12 hour period or whatever that i would kind of catalog what it is like to for me on apple keynote day um and so i showed the entire day and that was really good and i enjoyed that and then on my iphone unboxing i gotta stop you right there because i you've done this thing a lot to me recently where you've come up with an idea that as with things that apple does are so (laughs) obvious in retrospect but you come up with it first, and then I get deeply annoyed that I wasn't the one who thought of it. And this is one of those instances. Like uh, Ask Upgrade is another great example, but which, which of course, ATP totally aped. But um, mm-hmm. this was really, really well done. Your your day in the life of Mike, specifically around keynote day, and that's the thing. Is like a day in the life of Casey is definitely not interesting. And I would even go so far as to say, if I may be so bold, that a day in the life of Mike is maybe not that interesting. No, typically it's not. No, which is why I gave up blogging. But a day in the life of Mike. Like on keynote day, that's a whole different animal. And so, again, in, in retrospect, it's so obvious that, of course, you would do this. But I didn't think of it, and you didn't think of it until this year. So I am I am annoyed and impressed that that is what you did, and it is very good, and you should check it out. And I also did a lot on the iPhone day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have a highlight of that, but I'm now creating one, so you can go and watch that. <laughs> um, so, like... I basically, I don't know, like I spent the entire day cataloging what I was doing and the things I was learning and unboxing stuff and things like that. So I'm trying to find like these big things to do and then little things to do at the same time. And it's kind of also, it is kind of fulfilling the the vlogging side of my life, like the reason I, I tried that and the reason I enjoyed that, and this is kind of doing some of that without all of the pressure that comes with yeah, yeah, yeah. vlogging. So I'm enjoying myself with it right now and I'm trying to keep it up and I've gotten a lot of new followers because of it, which is nice, <laughs> which tells me I'm doing something right. Yeah. Um, and... I keep promoting it in places and I'm trying to make it like now my place where I'm directing people. Like if you want to know what's going on in my life now, 
follow me on Instagram. Like that that's kind of what I'm trying to do more with. So I I really I really like it. But there's some interesting news that that we should probably cover as well. But let's take our final break. Yeah, and before we do that, uh one other quick oh. thing to note is that yep. as you were talking I was clicking around on the Instagram website, which I almost never open, but you can actually see at the very least your highlights. And I believe your stories as, as you know, they're active anyway, you can see all this on the web. So if, if listener, you may not have, if perhaps you don't have an Instagram account, you know, Mike's Instagram profile is public. And so we'll put a link in the show notes to his Instagram profile and you can see like the keynote day stories via the yeah, web. That's what I was saying. They're the highlights. Right. So, so you can definitely see yeah, those. It- <laughs> Instagram has low-key over like the last six months made their web app really good. Yeah. Like yeah. you used to not be able to watch stories. Yeah, but you now couldn't you do can. anything on the web. And now, at yeah. least from a consumption perspective, it seems like you can do just about everything. So so you do everything. Yeah. And I think this is part of like their IGTV thing, which Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going very well for them, but like, yeah, they're, they're they're doing a lot more with the website, so you can watch it. That's why, like, I was able to put the two stories that I spoke about in the show notes because they exist on the web. Yep, exactly. So if you're listening to this and like me, you thought that that Instagram basically didn't exist on the web. Turns out that's not the case anymore. So you can definitely check this out, even if you're not an Instagram user. And if you are, well, you should be following Mike. And uh, me I don't already. know about that. Actually, I think sometimes they do try and make you log in for that stuff. Oh, I am logged in. Oh, that's true. My mistake. Yeah. It, to, to, oh, see the, to see the stories, they, they do sometimes make you log in. I've okay. seen intermittent reports of that because when I bought my gaming PC, I was putting that story in show notes everywhere, and I was hearing from some people that they couldn't they couldn't view it. So, All right, my mistake. Your mileage may vary on that one. Indeed. All right, today's show is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with their prices starting at just $5 a month. And this can get you up and running of your own virtual server in the Linode cloud just under a minute. And you may say to yourself, why do you even want a virtual server? Well, if you want to do stuff like hosting large databases, running your own mail server, operating a VPN, and so much more, Linode is perfect for them. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they want to keep it that way. And to get your server up into the Linode cloud, it's so simple. It it takes minutes to do. Like they, They make it as easy as possible. Whether you're starting with your first virtual server or deploying a complex system, they are the right choice for you because they have the fastest hardware and network capabilities and they have fantastic customer support behind it all. So I want you to go and check out their pricing options because for just $5 a month, you can get a plan with one gigabyte of RAM and they offer high memory plans that start at 16 gigabytes of RAM as well. But as a listener of this show, if you go to linode.com slash analog, you'll get yourself a $20 credit towards any Linode plan. So if you sign up for the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that will get you four free months of Linode usage, which is pretty sweet. And they have a seven-day money-back guarantee as well, so there's nothing to lose. So go support the show and check out this amazing offer by going to Linode linode.com l-i-n-o-d-e.com slash analog um, sign up right now and you'll get that 20 dollar credit when you go there or you can use the promo code analog 2018 at checkout uh, thanks to linode for their support of this show on relay fm so on the day that we're recording this it was like announced over the evening that um kevin systrom and mike krieger who were the co-founders of Instagram, have left Instagram. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of an unfolding story right now, but what it seems like the scuttlebutt is suggesting that two things. One, they're just done. They have something else that they want to do, and they've got they've got bags of money, all the money you could ever want is my assumption, and a ton of stock in a valuable company, and they decided that they want to move on. The other thing is apparently there has been mounting pressure from Facebook on Instagram to do things that Instagram seem to not want to do. So they're kind of just like, screw this. We're out of here. We don't need to be here anymore. That seems to be one, what people assume and two, what like connected people in the industry are suggesting is going on. So as much as I love Instagram, maybe Facebook's going to ruin it. I don't know. Right. But like, I don't really my feeling is there's some stuff that they want to do that the Facebook the Instagram founders don't want to do but it's not crazy because I don't think that Facebook are that stupid to ruin Instagram but they might be wanting to implement some stuff that like the like so for example maybe they want to get rid of the ability to sign up for just an Instagram account if that 
I don't even know if that feature exists still, right? But like, you know, there could be some like fundamental things that the 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 original founders don't agree with. Um that Facebook is pushing on them. I don't know. Or maybe they are just done, but it is a shame. <laughs> it's scary. I hope that it remains the same. Uh we'll see. But whatever those people whatever those guys are going to do, like I'm super intrigued. Right? Like it, I I saw somebody say uh about like VC Twitter it's just super thirsty today. Right? <laughs> like they're all tweeting at the the Instagram guys. They're like, "Oh, congratulations. Good luck on your next endeavor." Right? Know if they you all want to get in on it. Yeah, like I'm around if you need me. Like it's it's that's kind of <laughs> kind of funny to me. Everybody, you know, congratulations. Can't wait to see what's next. You know, the the old I'm leaving something meme has yeah. been in full effect for them today. Yeah. I don't know. I, obviously there's no real use in, in taking any action on this because it's just now happening as we record, but I will definitely keep my eyes peeled. I think that Facebook has absolutely been in, infesting Instagram in ways that I'm not particularly in love with. However, it has mostly been kept at bay and mostly can be ignored. Um, I echo what you're saying though, Mike, that I fear in the longer term, there will be a deeper and deeper integration, which is not something I'm terribly keen on. And if I were in their shoes and I was being told, you know, oh, you really need to integrate with, you know, you need to, you, you need to be a part of this family. You need to integrate with mommy and daddy. And, and I don't know if I would be too keen on that if I was, you know, old school, old school Instagram. So we'll see. I'm not particularly concerned. I'm not particularly concerned because, again, it's like all of these uh, social networks are made by the people and the content. Like that's what makes them interesting. And yeah, I don't really imagine too much changing like that Facebook being able to change too much what people decide to post. Um, but, you know, maybe by the time that it does get bad, there'll just be somewhere else to go. Yeah, you never know. So we'll go to Snapchat. Because <laughs> it'll be vacant at that point. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. There was a couple of things that I wanted to mention that I've had in our kind of show notes for a while about Instagram, because I was wondering about bringing it up as a topic at some point anyway. There was a tweet from a friend of the show, Curtis Herbert. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, this was back in August, I prefer Instagram with the algorithmic timeline and the you're all caught up marker more than the old chronological timeline. And I really agree about this, but you don't. I said these are the two top tweets and responses. I say I agree, and you say, is there anything you're not wrong about? So I want to make the case for like my, my feeling on this. So I didn't like the algorithmic timeline for a long time because I never knew when I'd seen everything because 100%. it was all out of order. 100%. But then they added that, feature which is when you've seen everything over the tw a 24 hour period it pops up and just says hey you've seen everything now so you know you don't need to look anymore so that made a huge difference because like okay i've seen everything now and the reason i like the algorithm is when i open instagram if there's someone who's like i really care about i always see their images first because the system knows like it waits it right by like right. whose pictures do you interact with the most and it weights those images. So, like, I always see Tiff and Adina's pictures before anyone else's if they post them. Because I just tend to always interact with their photos, right? Whether it's comments or, like, I like them all or whatever. Just because they just seem to, like, they're just stuff that I like, right? They're pictures of things that I like. So, and they're... And, so people that post a lot that I interact with or just like people who have like a 100% success rate of likes or comments, they always bubble to the top for me. And that's great because I always want to see stuff I care about before stuff I don't care about. Yeah, you have to understand that my relationship with Curtis is mostly antagonistic and in a friendly antagonistic, I should say. You know, we 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 beat your on each other. Your relationship with most of your friends is friendly. Antagonistic. Oh no, but it's 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 very different with Curtis than with most. Like we we really okay. do beat each other up. Now I I don't know how he feels about me, but I love Curtis. He's a great guy, incredibly he told me he good. Hated you. That's not surprising. So, such a shame. Not not surprising at all. Uh, no, he's a really great guy. Very smart. Very very good at what he does. Uh, and and I really like Curtis as much as I give him grief. But um, the entirety of my tweet, which you conveniently left out in my, in response to Curtis, was: Is there anything you're not wrong about? Friendly antagonism. And then in parentheses, 
you're actually only barely wrong about this though. And I think I stand by that, or I might even be on your guys' side at this point. I think now that there's the marker that says you're caught up, that removes most of my trouble. And, and, and to be fair, that's what he said originally. It's just, I don't think I had had enough time with it at that point when I gave my hot take. Um, but I, I still prefer things to be as they, in the order in which they happened. I just prefer it that way. But I have come to terms with the way it is now. And I think I'm okay with it. I, I may, I would even say I like it. I would just prefer the chronological. The stories is the same, right? Like then it learns who I like and then stories get arranged in that way too, which is also beneficial because, you know, there can be a lot of content in Instagram stories and I don't always have the time to go through it all. Mm -hmm. But because of their system, I'll always see the stories of the people that I seem to like that, that I tend to care about most. So I think that there can be a benefit in algorithms if they're done correctly. Um, like I have always liked Twitter's feature of uh, you might have missed because there's typically something in there that I want to see. But unfortunately, to get that feature, you have to enable everything else, which I don't want. Like I don't need to see and not want to see tweets that people have liked in my timeline. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's not the way Twitter works. Like it's a fundamental misunderstanding of your platform. Um, but I think I kind of like the algorithm in Instagram. I think it does a decent job for me. And there was one other thing I wanted to mention, which was a, a thing that you put together on your website called your website, your 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 internet domain uh, called Good Instagram Follows, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is where you asked people using the Instagram question feature, which I've never used. I think that might um, be the only time I'd ever used it, actually. For like good people that are worth following for some reason or another. And it's like people you you may not know exist um, and they because they post good pictures or whatever. So you put that together and you were definitely right because there are a couple of these that I have started following because the images are just straight up beautiful. Mm, so. Yeah, some of them, I think they're very, very good. Um, the only regret I have with this post is that I should have been more proactive about finding uh, women or people of color. Um, I think this is almost entirely, if not entirely, white dudes. And that wasn't by design by any stretch. I just looked at the pictures I liked. And I, I'm sure that there is some, um, I can't think of the words I'm looking for, but like some latent bias there that I'm, or unrecognized bias there that, that I didn't intend for. But I would love to do a follow-on of this with people of color or or women or other minorities. So if you have... Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Seriously, I really mean it. Let us know. Um, we want to know. Yeah, because I would love to do a follow-on post that is anyone but white dudes. And, and the, the question I'd asked originally was, what Instagram account that isn't yours should I be following? And... And again, I just like Mike said, I think a lot of them are really great. I've I've followed all of them and they're, and they're excellent. But I would I would also love to know what what Instagram account that isn't yours and is a, a minority. You know, what would you recommend following? And maybe I can do a follow on post with a handful of those too. So that'd be awesome. All right, I think we've run out of time today. Um, but please continue to send in hashtag relay of feels questions. It's very important too. When we want to get Instagram accounts and we want to get relay of feels accounts, follow me on Instagram. I'm Mike on Instagram, Casey Lewis on Instagram. That's not me. That's Casey. Uh, <laughs> follow us there, please. Yep. And uh, you'll see some sweet, sweet, sweet content. And I will talk to you, Mike, in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Bye.